With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Simon and I are at opposite ends of the country today. Simon, of course, has been watching the dramatic events of the third test, a rather truncated day in which uh, Joffre Archer, well, just continued on where he left off at, at Laws in a different sort of way to take six wickets and bowl Australia out for 179. Uh, and I'm down in London watching Middlesex try to, for once... Uh, stake a claim for the playoffs, the finals day, or at least the quarterfinals in the Vitality Blast. They're playing against Hampshire. And at Lords is an absolute picture tonight. It's a beautiful sunset. People in shirt sleeves and sleeveless blouses drinking their Sauvignon Blanc, whatever it is. And you're up in the north where everyone is shrouded in overcoats, I'm imagining. It's been absolutely freezing. Well, it was really cold. Down on the boundary edge at the close of play, I had a chance to speak to Joffre Archer, who had a sensational day. And England ultimately had a sensational day. When you consider Australia were 136 for two, it was a really odd day's cricket. Firstly, the forecast. We turned up this morning expecting to have pretty much a full day's play, possibility of a morning shower. And then suddenly the realisation dawned, and it dawned after the toss as well, that England could be thwarted. They might not get as much cricket. And you thought, hold on, they're going to possibly waste their chance. They're not going to be able to get out there and bowl enough overs to, to make the most of the conditions. And Australia are going to get to the second day with wickets in hand. The sun's going to shine and then perfect for them. But ultimately, eight wickets falling after tea in, in a, you know, another remarkable Ashes day and, and Joffre Archer again, six wickets, although Broad bowled really well as well and Stokes chipped in with an important wicket of Labuschagne towards the end out for 74. And what was uh, Archer's feeling about the, the day overall? I mean, obviously elated about the six wickets, but what about the, the England bowling performance overall? Well, he, he was absolutely delighted. I mean, it was one of those interviews you, you get 
just as the players come off the field, really. So he'd only just taken his sixth wicket. I mean, and then three minutes later, unfortunately for him, he had to talk to me. But, uh, you know, a, a great day for him. And he, he just, you know, he, he said he was over the moon, which is, you know, the, the reaction you often get from a, a sportsman, sportswoman straight after something as, as exciting as that. You know, led the England team off, held the ball up to the crowd. You know, they, were, they were cheering. And it's, it, the, the impact he's had on the series... In, in some ways, predictable. I think we sensed it. I think we sensed he had the ability to do that. But it, even beyond what I think most people were expecting, really. I mean, the ball that hit Steve Smith, you know, might well have changed the series, might have just pushed it England's way. They've got an opportunity anyway. Let, let's not get too carried away from an in England point of view because they still have to go out and bat and make the most of 179 all out. But, uh, I mean, clearly, if you'd offered Joe Root 179 all out this morning... He would have taken it when he won the toss. I mean, it, it was a big. Well, it was. It was. Was it a big gamble? I don't know. The overhead said bowl. The pitch said bat. I mean, that that was what made it a really teasing situation for England and, and for Joe Root. Australia said they would batted first. Tim Payne at the toss said he would have batted first. He said it would be harder to score runs on the fifth day than it will be on the first day. And of course, the other thing is you've got to get to the fifth day first. And you've got to set the team chasing a, a, a total, a meaningful total. So it remains to be seen whether they're able to do that. But what an opportunity for England now. You know, a really good batting day required from them on the second day. They'll hope, they'll absolutely, you know, desperately keep their fingers crossed that the overhead conditions are decent. They won't have to bat under floodlights and with, you know, <coughs> cloud cover. And if they do, you know what you know what it's like ahead. And you've played enough cricket and watched enough cricket up here to know what it's like if you don't have to do that. You know, it's, it's quite a decisive advantage if you don't have to do that. It's a funny ground, actually. It's a funny pitch because it, it always behaves. Well, it used to. I suppose it has changed a bit over the last few years, but certainly the traditional Headingley pitch was something which always promised wickets but didn't always deliver them. And off, often you'd go past the edge of the bat and the ball would move extravagantly and then you'd suddenly find the team that were batting were sort of 50 for one or something. And you think, how, how the hell did that happen? I've been moving the ball miles and beating the bat loads of times and only lost, they've only lost one wicket. I think it's one of those pitches, even now, with the slight change in soil but still with uh, some ingredients of, of Yorkshireness about it, that if you get your length slightly wrong, then you can go for runs because it's quite a slowish surface. The perfect length is, is just slightly fuller of a length than perhaps on other grounds, especially with the new ball. But if you get that fractionally wrong, you get six inches too full, it's an easy half volley to drive for four. And if you just drop it a bit fractionally short, it sort of sits up a bit in the pitch. So it's that kind of very precise length, slightly fuller than a good length that you have to produce... And you have to produce it consistently, otherwise runs do leak, you know, really quite quickly, as, as David Warner proved. I think, I mean, I was speaking to a radio station uh, at about six o'clock today when the Australians were, what, one thirty for two or something like that, or maybe it was about 5.30. And I said then, you know, how's the day gone for England? Well, if they finish Australia, they finish at sort of 170 for five or something like that, then it would have been a, a poorish day for England. But if they've managed to bowl Australia out for under 200, it's a great day. Uh, I think 250 in those conditions would have been a superb score. But as it is, England bowling them out for 179, now they have to obviously bat. And I think the pitch is going to do the same. It might be not as extravagant as perhaps it's been today, but I think it's still going to move. And sometimes 
times. Actually, the ball moves too much. You know, Broad was bowling those balls this morning to, to David Warner that were angling in from wide outside the, the, the return crease, almost on the edge of the return crease, angling into the off stump and cutting away like a big off break. And you just can't ever lay a bat on those. So it's funny, it's, it's a deceptive pitch, which I think in the end, England have got a, a decent result out of. Yeah, it feels like that, definitely. As I was said, if you offered England 179 or that, I think if you offered you know, any team on, almost on any surface around the world, 179 all out on the first day, they would take it. OK, there might be some pitches when you just, you know you absolutely have to bowl the side out for 80 or 100 because there's, there's so much in it, or you'd expect to bowl them out for, for 80 or 100. I mean, I think of Ireland in those conditions at, at Lords, you know, you'd expect them to be rolled for that because it was so much in the, in the bowler's favour. So it's all about how England come up tomorrow with their batting now. I mm. mean, it, it, it's all on that, really. It feels like... There, there is no, not much room for manoeuvre now for England in the rest of this series because they cannot afford to drop a test match now. They have to get it right on the second day. And that means, you feel, getting a, a reasonable lead to put pressure on Australia in their second innings. We saw at Edgbaston, though, England took a 90-run first innings lead, which is you know, a reasonably substantial lead on, on most grounds around the world. And there was a bit in it at Edgbaston, and they weren't able to capitalise. There were you know, reasons for that. Steve Smith is one of them. England, a bowler down is another, but you know they weren't able to capitalise. Australia, 90-run league conceded, still won the game by 251 runs. This Australian side, though, without Smith, doesn't have, clearly, inevitably, doesn't quite have the same aura. Warner, I, I sensed, I heard a post-match interview with him as well. Uh, I, I just sense he must have been relieved to get some runs after the torture of the first two test matches and he admitted how you know it was really challenging out there and you're right the ball the ball did too much you'd, you'd have to be Viv Richards or Don Bradman squared to nick some of those uh, deliveries from, from Stuart Broad <laughs> yeah. uh, in, the, in that morning session yeah and that, that's right and when you're bowling balls like that as believe it or not I have occasionally you then you see one sort of seaming away and missing the the edge of the bat and going miles outside off stump and almost taking in front of first slip and you think wow you know this is fantastic and then you bowl another one and it does the same and it bounces as well and then you think well you know the batsman either hasn't got near it or hasn't had to play it so I'm going to go a bit straighter and you go a bit straighter and it doesn't do anything or it, or it zooms down the leg side or something and I, I know you could say well that's because you were a crap bowler but I mean it was happening to Chris Wokes as well you know he was trying to bowl that perfect line and some of them were swinging extravagantly away and then when he went a bit straighter they were almost going down the leg side and, and giving runs away so it's a, it's a funny ground it, it's, it's a fickle ground to bowl on you get your length or, or line fractionally wrong and even on a, a juicy seeming and swinging day you can go for five and over poor old Wokes you look at his figures actually and he, he went for five and over today in fact, uh, hardly his fault, because there were two lots of five overthrows, weren't there? There were. Uh, one other aspect of England's cricket today, their, their reviewing was good. Uh, Wokes, you mentioned there, he overturned a, a not-out decision against Tim Payne, the ball-hitting leg stump, and Kawaja down the leg side as well. There's been a couple of instances in this series where batsmen have nicked it, Warner a couple of times nicked it, and no one's appealed, or there's not been much of an appeal, and the umpire hasn't been convinced. Kawaja today nicked one down the leg side, and, and Broad benefited from that. So lo- lots of things went England's way. They're, they're sort of guessing, if you like. Their intuition was, was spot on today, which, which really helped them. 
I mean, it's, it's such a strange day. It really was because I mean, everything seemed to be going against them. It just felt like the ashes were slipping away from them at around about whatever it was, four, five o'clock today. And then, you know, come 7.28, wherever it was, when Joffre Archer took that final wicket, you know, it was right back on again. I mean, all, you know, also the weather. I mean, we, we thought, oh, the weather's going to close in. There was, there was you know, grey clouds rolling in from the west or they'll come off of bad light they managed to stay out there to 7.30 and those extra you know, 45 minutes turned what was you know, become, became a promising day for England into a, you know, an excellent one for them but now it's, it's all down to the batsmen What a day for, of our archer again and I mean, remember we, we had Zubin Baratcha on this mm. show about six months ago who's the uh, director of cricket at Rajasthan Royals, and he said very sort of almost vehemently, if you pick Archer for your World Cup squad and your Ashes squad, he's going to be your best bowler. Um, he's proved that in spades, hasn't he? I mean, it's incredible how he turned the game today. I thought actually today that it, early on he was just coasting a bit, and there may have been a touch of fatigue there. It may have been that he'd been told, you know, get the ball in the right spot. But actually, even if you're feeling tired, even if you're trying to get the ball in the right spot, you've still got to bowl it. You've still got to go there with a, f- a fair amount of purpose. And even if you're bowling within yourself, you've got to follow through. And I noticed he wasn't really following through much in that first couple of spells. He didn't bowl badly, but he didn't bowl with quite that same potency. It's obviously difficult to sustain, or in fact impossible, to sustain 90-mile-an-hour spells all the time. Uh, And as I was saying on our podcast the other day, you need all those sort of circumstances to come together to create that kind of perfect storm. But I felt, you know, he was just sort of finding his feet in how to bowl in test cricket. And the first couple of spells, he just wasn't quite on it. Uh, and, and then, obviously, when he came on after tea and he got Warner in his sights and bowled that absolutely superb delivery to David Warner to get him out, unplayable. And after that, you felt he was, he'd found his rhythm, he'd found his appetite, he'd found his energy, and he, he bowled absolutely brilliantly. Yeah, I asked him that question at the, at the close of play. I said, did he bowl differently uh, from how he bowled at Lords? And he said, no. But, I mean, he looked as if he was. I mean, there wasn't quite that... That same, well, it certainly wasn't the same pace. Well, it wasn't the speed. No, for a there start. wasn't. There wasn't. Yeah. The, there yeah. wasn't the same pace. He was, you know, lots of 85, 86 miles an hour. He got up to 90. But I don't know whether the speed gun's a bit different up here at Headingley from the one they use at, at Lords. But there was, you know, there was none of that sort of above 90 uh, stuff from him today. But you know, he, he said no. But I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? How one moment, it's like sort of a sledgehammer into a door that opens the door. That one moment, Warner dismissed. It just, it just opened the whole game up. England up until then Australia coasting and, and taking the game away from mm. England but you're right absolute Jaffa to get rid of Warner and, and Warner he'd, he'd missed a lo- he'd missed lots of Jaffas and that time he, he, he nicked one I mean probably just shows if you, if you get in sometimes you might even be more vulnerable to the good ball because you, you end up nicking them rather than missing them I think I could I could see what the turning point of that spell was it was when he just came on for that spell and Warner was still in and he bowled a widish ball to Warner who I think kind of cut it for four and then he he bowled a, a, an attempt sort of shortish ball and it just sat in the pitch and Warner kind of sort of lifted it over cover also a one day kind of shot and Archer was absolutely furious with himself and at that point I think he knew I've got to do something here I've got to really come in hard and and get rid of this Warner come on focus and from then on he was almost uh, irresistible 
Yeah, uh, uh, how much are England's fortunes in the future going to rest on him? He's going to—he's. If it goes on like this, he's going to become a, a such a huge star, isn't he? Um, and and Root already we mentioned this at Lords. You know, he bowled those forty-four overs. You know, goes back to him clearly. You know, you, you, as a captain, you're you're desperate to use him as as much as possible. Uh, perhaps you, you know he wasn't overbowled as much today. And, and England were helped by the fact that they were t- in one way ultimately uh, didn't feel like it at the time, but they were they were on and off. You know, Joffre was saying afterwards that you know it's not easy. You, you come on and off. You, 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 you lack rhythm, but I suppose what it does do is it, it gets you through a day. It means you can bowl and, and have a bit of a rest and then and then come back. But you know it's, it, that's not easy, is it? Anyone who's done any exercise knows that you just you stiffen up a little bit and then you've got to go again. But I suppose that's that's the cricketer's lot, isn't it? That's the bowler's lot. You have to bowl, hmm. rest, perhaps just stiffen up a bit, bowl again, get loose. You know, is that whole framework of, sort of physical activity you have to go through so yeah, he was, I think he, it's adrenaline that adrenaline can help you through that and but but as you know many people many listeners who go to the gym will know it's quite often if you do a really hard gym class or a gym session it's quite often not the day after when you feel stiff but two days after and that's the same with bowling I think quite often if you come out the next day you get rid of the, the one or two bits of stiffness and you can go for it again it's kind of two days after where you really seize up and he's just uh, he's going to experience that a a fair bit I think in this series uh, overall you know if his team bat for a whole day he's going to feel worse almost the day after two days after bowling than he is one day after but because he's such a loose-limbed character and probably does a lot more stretching than he does any other kind of training I'm sure he'll cope with it really well Nine days as well between the end of this test match and the start of the Old Trafford test match. So there is a bit of a gap. So you, you can sort of push, push yourself a bit in, in, the, in the second innings and, and, and really go and go through it and put everything in, uh, which is you know, what England need to do because they need to get level. Clearly, they need to get level in this, this test match. This, this is the opportunity for them, as we've been saying. No Steve Smith. Australia bowled out for 179. Uh, it's it's going to warm up. The sun, we think, is going to shine, even in Leeds, although it doesn't feel like it this evening. It's quite a cold evening. Uh, just before you carry on, I just want to say, I don't know if people can hear in the background, Sweet Caroline there, sounding out at Lords here, but it's, uh, it's quite an unusual circumstance, actually. Lords, the, the home of cricket... Um, was a roaring to Neil Diamond as, as a first. Well, it's, it certainly hadn't, hasn't happened before this season. Uh, so even Lords is, is loosening its tie a little bit. Well, it did when Archer was bowling in that test match. Uh, you know, you, the, the noise at Lords, the, the, the Lords roar was heard. I mean, normally it's, you know, it's, it's mm. quite genteel, isn't it? We, sort of, we touched on it during our podcast during the Lords test match. It, it, at times it felt almost gladiatorial. It felt like the Coliseum out there with the crowd roaring Archer on uh, well the, the crowd today actually at Headingley was quite subdued because of the weather and, and but ultimately ultimately they, they found their voices great scene here at Laws by the way with the, the pink of Middlesex and the yellow of Hampshire James Vince at the moment playing really well for Hampshire and uh, 
he's just uh, in fact hooked a, a four down to fine leg to go to a rapid 50 off just 33 balls and while we're on the subject of Middlesex I should mention there's a man fielding an extra cover at the moment who features on the new cover of the Cricketer magazine you can probably guess who that is it's Owen Morgan what we've done is we've actually done a, a sort of double face uh, a face of him from his Ireland days and uh, half his face is from his Ireland days and half his face is from captaining England and it's a sort of little uh, investigative piece uh, about what Owen Morgan is really like the true Owen Morgan by two journalists who know him really well that's Kevin Hand who commentates for the BBC when uh, Middlesex are playing and also Dave Townsend who's followed both Ireland and Middlesex for many years so two men who know Owen Morgan really well that is the new issue of the Cricketer magazine which is out this week and you can get a special deal on the Cricketer, £20 for a year's subscription if you go to thecricketer.com forward slash celebrate. So good luck to England tomorrow to bat with 179 in arrears to start off. Let's hope that uh, Joe Denley and uh, the other batsmen under pressure can uh, somehow manage to eke out enough runs to give England some kind of lead. We'll speak to you tomorrow night, Simon, from your eerie up at the top of the Headingley stand. Hope the weather's a little bit better. Thanks for listening. It's dark here at Headingley. Um, tomorrow this ground will be alive again with plenty of England support, uh, hoping they can indeed do that, get some, get some runs on the board and get a lead. It's an intriguing second day in prospect. Goodbye for now. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.